Guten Tag. Good morning, uh, Chantel from Chantel, Germany. Good morning. Coffee for Kelly. Yes. This oh is, my gosh. This is God's drink right here. Coffee. <clears throat> no, it's not. It's it so is. Devil's poison. Coffee morning, is the biggest. Listen, coffee is Kelly. the biggest lie known to man. Right? It, it is. Because Sam no, likes monsters. Rebecca said. Okay. Uh, There's some no. flavors I like of monsters that I can. Listen, do. coffee is a big lie. Let me tell you why. There's a Listen. coffee conspiracy, right? Because coffee always smells so amazing. Like the Folgers commercial from back in the day. You know, people wake up, they smell coffee. They're like, oh, it's amazing coffee. And they get downstairs. But then when you drink it, it's like drinking car oil. It's so gross. It's so nasty it's coffee. Not. It's coffee not. is gross. Um, the comments are going super fast, so I'm trying to read them. Oh, um, Kelly, good, good morning. Um, <laughs> good morning, Sandra. I was trying to see, I think... Um, Whoops, there we go. Let me see. Somebody said something about a certain type of energy drink that you drink. I wanted to see what that was. Listen, Sarah, that's Jesus, heresy. Jesus did not come to bring coffee. us coffee and coffee more abundantly. Yes, that that's is why heresy. it grows, That is right? called eisegesis, Sarah. That is reading your own thoughts and bias into the scripture. Stacy, you don't like coffee. You drink an energy drink. Where is that? She wrote something about a drink that she drinks every morning. I want to see what that is. Amen, Chris. Amen. Coffee is a lie. That is right. Like running. No. Yes, like running is a lie. You're absolutely right. There is a theme here. Personal opinion. That is so true. My personal opinion is coffee is life. For coffee me. is not biblical Hebrews. Ha 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 ha. Coffee is good, great. Yes. <laughs> oh Jesus. All right. No, I agree. Man, who would have thought that this morning we would have had the coffee debate that would spark all this interest and dialogue? Good morning, guys. I'm just saying, like, so Ooh, we. I don't. I want to know what fuels your day because what fuels my day may be different, and obviously it is. I am not agreeing that coffee is a lie. I, I, I beg coffee. to differ, Rebecca. Yes. I see your comment earlier, and I'm going to delete this comment. That way it proves that you are uh, on my side. So Maybe we should go back later and decide who won coffee or not. We'll just delete not. comments. I never We'll delete all the comments You've that are contrary to our thoughts. You've never an energy drink, Sandra. Well, I would say that that's not a bad thing, but there are some really wonderful ones out there that I've began to start liking. I drink coffee for your protection. I would say my family says that's true about me. I feel very safe when she doesn't have coffee. Don't be turning our videos in, y'all. <laughs> coffee is mandatory for me. That was Catherine. All, yeah. right. All right, guys. Let's get going. <clears throat> let's get going. Let's get going. Good morning. My mom-in-law just joined. Thanks Team for coffee. joining in on our debate this morning as yeah. which one is better. I enjoy yeah. that. Team coffee. It's not really a debate, though, when you're right. So, anyways, yeah. um, let's go ahead and start. <laughs> let's Lies. start, guys. Oh, let's go. All right, let's pray. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, your goodness, your kindness. And, Father, we pray that today uh, the words that would be spoken, Father, would just pierce our hearts, God, that they would just cause us to see you differently yeah. and just to fall more in love with you today, God, than we were yesterday. And, Father, we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen, amen. amen. So we've been in Galatians, and if you haven't gotten a chance to check out the Devos, <coughs> excuse me, for the last couple of days, you want to go back and check that out. Um, I'm a little behind on getting those Devos posted on, on the podcast and the website, but they'll, they'll be there. Yeah. Um, but So we've been in the book of Galatians. It's the Galatians challenge, running it all week, and really the, the whole book of Galatians is the counter. Paul's writing this to counter the concept of the idea that Jesus plus anything else equals salvation. Mm -hmm. 
And for simplicity's sake, and not to re reteach the last two days of devotions, we're just going to leave it at that. That Jesus plus right. nothing equals salvation. It's mm -hmm. not Jesus plus uh, something else. It's not Jesus plus your prayer life, your giving, your church attendance, your ministry service, or anything. That's Jesus plus nothing equals uh, salvation. Yeah. And anytime someone begins to bring that about, anytime someone begins to um, uh, in include anything uh, in order to make you right with God, they're putting you back on the law. And just like we saw earlier, we begin to count the grace of God as meaningless. So counting the grace of God as meaningless isn't committing some gross sin. I mean, you kind of are dis ignoring the grace of God. But when Paul uses that phrase, counting the grace of God as meaningless, he is literally saying that happens when we begin to inject some other thing that's going to get us right standing with God or it's going to get us approval with God. If anything you're doing for God, you know, a good way to check your heart is, is that anything, anything you're doing for God, you just stop and ask yourself this question. Am I doing this? to earn God's favor or, yeah. or in doing this, am I hoping that God's going to smile on me or give me favor or whatever the case is? If you wake up in the morning and you do something and you, you maybe are short with your kids or maybe you're short with your wife because she hasn't had her coffee and she's grumpy and grouchy and you're just kind of over it, whatever that the case, wasn't that morning. wasn't, that wasn't our morning, but, but whatever the case is, if you wake up and you have a moment like that and then later on in the day, something happens like you pull your toenail back because you kick the door and door, uh, that Y'all, that is, she's done that. I have, I've not kicked the door, but. No, I've, not, no, like caught the door, not kick the door. Like mm -hmm. you're not violent. You're no, not violent. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah, like pull the door over top of your toe. That's really bad. I know everybody's cringing right now, right? Yeah, I feel the but, pain. But or, or if you like, you smash your finger doing something. Whatever. If, right. if the first thought that runs through your mind is, um, "That's what I get," or, or the first thought is, it runs yeah. your mind, "That's what I get," and, and you immediately think about how big of a jerk you were being earlier in the day, then then the reality is, is that you are living a life of works-based performance and no doubt that that life is is the center of your relationship with God that right. you you can say it here all day long but what you believe in here is going to be the very thing that you live out remember what we what we believe on the inside will be yes. what we live out and if we believe on the inside that God relates to us solely based on our performance that God loves us solely based on our performance guess what the uh, guess what happens after that you, you begin to relate like that to people in your relationship right. you begin to relate to your spouses that way or you relate to your kids that way your friends your co-workers or whatever it is you will constantly look at people and judge them based on their performance. When we have an awakening to the grace of God, that is one of the first things that we remove. Remember, 2 Corinthians 5, we've been there uh, a lot over the last couple weeks, and verse 16 goes on and says, we used to consider or used to look at people based on their your human appearance, and we did that with Christ at one point, but we know, don't do it any longer. We don't look at people and just judge them, judge their value to God based on what they bring to the table, right? Well, we shouldn't, but the reality is, is that really does happen. Right. It does happen, but right. we shouldn't, right? We shouldn't, right. So in, so that's where, kind of where we've been at, Galatians 1, Galatians chapter 2. We're in Galatians 3, and um, and I'm, I would encourage you, if you haven't read it yet, go back and read it, man, because Paul does a, a masterful job yeah. um, really helping uh, the Galatians, the Church of Galatia, see that there is, a, there is stupid, I'll say that, and I don't use it lightly, it is stupid. 
to to take what God has freely given you and exchange it for for a works based relationship. Yeah. It is it is stupid. That's he actually starts off uh, in Galatians chapter three verse one saying. O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you, for the meaning of Christ's death, Jesus Christ's death, was made clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. And he goes in. So that, that comment, O foolish Galatians, he literally was like, you guys are idiots. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't use that lightly. Like, you're idiots. You're, you're deceived. Some of you are like, well, Paul was being mean. Sometimes strong language is required. Like you, do you realize how idiotic it is right. to exchange the grace that you did not do anything to get right. for a life of trying to earn it? Again, remember we used that race analogy back in the, a couple of weeks ago. We used this race analogy. You know, to do that as Christians, we start on the finish line and we live our life uh, expressing the victory we have in Christ. To go back under the law. It is to start on the starting line. And often you'll see people jump and say, well, it's okay to use this type of harsh language, but they're actually using not harsh language in the sense of trying to put you back under the law. Yeah. And that's not yeah. what he's doing here. No. He's using this, this you foolish. He's using that to help them re- realize like you're no longer under the law. You're trying to go back to that. But nowadays you really hear, hear that kind of language language. And those, those phrases like that often related to trying to put you back under the law where people are trying to call people who just want to love and and believe that Jesus plus nothing right. equals what we get what we have freely right. and there's there's people that want to put you back under the law that will use that those terms and that phrase those Man, phrases let me tell you how let me just use a food analogy can i use a food analogy cuz this is this is a good hungry, a good though. way i am very hungry too let me use a food analogy All right. y'all um, what are those? Okay. So a couple of years ago, we, we were, before we started doing keto, we were going to try to eat healthy. Right. And so <clears throat> Kim was like, Oh, we should try Brussels sprouts. And so she got Brussels sprouts from the store. This, as is, steam, as, what? this is before I knew wait, how to cook. Wait, 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 I'm, I'm going there. Okay. I'm going there. So we got these Brussels sprouts and she was like, we should try these cause these are really healthy for you. And so she put these Brussels sprouts or steamer bag in, into the microwave. She it's, steamed the. It's what it said to do. She steamed these Brussels sprouts and then she dumped them on my plate y'all. And first of all, the smell that came off of them things were grotesque. Yeah. And then when you eat them, I can't even tell you what I think they would no, I can't, I can't say even say it because it's inappropriate, my, no, but, but it is, it is, they were so horrible. Yes. They were gross and it ruined, I was like, I don't ever want to go to that. I don't want to do that again. Yeah. And then we had some friends of ours, the core family, they go to our church, John and, and, and Brooke, and they invited us over to our house before the apocalypse happened. Yeah. And, and she said, Hey, do you want to try these Brussels sprouts? And I said, no, dear God, no, I don't want Brussels sprouts. Cause I know what those things taste like. And she said, no, 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 you haven't had them like this. And yeah. I was like, okay. And so she made these Brussels sprouts, y'all in in bacon grease with a bunch of bacon pieces in there Crumbled with this up. season oh and with with the seasoning and all this stuff and let me tell you I could eat the whole pan not recommended but yeah the whole pan no cuz it'll it'll do some stuff to your stomach but yeah. I could eat the whole daggone pan yeah. of these brussels sprouts like they're going out of town. they're the yeah. best tasting thing in the world and do you know what what how that happened see I tried we tried in our own ability to make these brussels sprouts taste good but yeah. we had a gift given to us by our friends when we sat down at their dinner table so let me give you this gift yeah. and they made brussels sprouts taste beautiful and amazing yeah. and so to go from that's grace y'all that's grace and mm-hmm. to go from grace right back into eating steamed brussels sprouts Brussels sprouts right from the bag. Why would you? It's foolishness. 
Why would anybody do it? Now, some of y'all might be Brussels sprout lovers and love steam ways and all that stuff. That illustration is not for you. It's for everybody. No. Else. So, yeah. but but you get what I'm saying. So why would you go back to just steamed Brussels sprouts when you, when can, you have can have bacon, bacon goodness and grease yeah. and all that other? Anyways, mm. all right, y'all. So yeah. So let's go. Okay. Let's keep going. Let's go to the verse that I want to kind of unpack today. Yeah, where are we at? Um, we are over in Galatians chapter 3. Yep. And we're going to start with verse 26 and go through 29, y'all. Yep. And um, you're going to read it? Yeah, I'm going to read it. You're I was going to read, gonna read your translation, though. I'll read my translation. Yeah. It's 26 holy. through 28, right? It's spiritual. Yeah. For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ. And now, uh, do I go to 29? 29, yeah. Okay. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the, tr the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. The, the, that the, is so good, y'all. It is. The emphasis that Paul is, is capitalizing on, what he's really driving home, um, was the very thing that Jesus was driving home throughout his ministry yeah. that was causing so much tension um, with his hearers. Excuse me. With his hearers. And so, in this, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll share what I mean by that. Paul uses this, this, um, this phrase here. He says in verse 27, no, 28, 28. He said, there is no longer Jew nor Gentile, right? Mm -hmm. Slave or free or male or female. So let me tell you what he was countering when he wrote this, this, uh, this scripture. He was counting what is called the Jewish morning blessing. And, and what Jewish men would do in the mornings is they would wake up and the first thing that they would do when they wake up, when they get out of their beds is they would pronounce this blessing. They would praise God and then the following was, was the response. I yeah. thank you that you have made me a Jew, not a Greek or a Gentile, right? I thank you that I am a Jew and not a Gentile. And then he goes on and he says, I thank you that I am free and not a slave. And he goes on and says, I thank you that I'm a male and not a female. Those are the three blessings that they would get up and they would say. And Paul is leveling the playing field. Paul is upsetting. He's overturning the apple cart, man. He is leveling the playing field and he's saying, listen to me. If you wake up with an elitist mindset about any part of your life as a follower of Jesus Christ, you're missing it. You're yeah. actually right back under the law, right? You're trying to perform again. God is not interested in your, uh, your, your economic status. God's not interested in your ethnic status, right? God's not interested in whether your gender status. God's right. not, he, he right. has leveled the playing field for yeah. this, right? And so he countered this. And Which is interesting because it's some of the same exact things that people are still fighting today. Still. When you would think we would have, you, you would think, okay, we would have gotten this by now. But the reality is, is we haven't because these are still the things that we are still having to counter as humanity. Yeah. As the church. As the church, Remember, right. Remember the church, we're out here pointing fingers back and yeah. forth over stupid doctrinal things. We're saying, oh, you, you can't allow this, or you can't allow, you can't drink drink alcohol, and you can't eat pork, and you can't be gay and be a Christian, and you can't, and you right. can't, and you can't, and you right. can't. And, and I'm saying, like, man, the church, if we're pointing fingers at each other, it should be looking at our brothers and sisters and saying, don't fall back under bondage yeah. and becoming a slave to your performance right. and trying to earn that, that relationship with God. It shouldn't be that at all. Right. And so, so, so the three areas that he really counters in this is he's countering ethnic superiority. I thank you that I am a Jew and not a Gentile. 
I thank you that I am the right ethnic group. Mm-hmm. He counters social status. I thank you that I am I am a free person and not a slave. I thank you that I have fat bank accounts. I thank you that I live mm-hmm. in this type of house. I thank you that I'm like this and not like that. Right. And he's counter, countering gender superiority. Now think about it. This is the same Paul that everybody wants to twist and manipulate in, in his scriptures when he talks about women being quiet in church and stuff like that. And we want to make Paul to be a, a chauvinist. This is the same Paul who's saying, no, 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 no. There is no superiority when it comes to gender. There's not men are better than women or women are better than men. It's an evil playing field. All are equal in Christ. All are one in Christ. And it comes by the grace of God and not by our ability, right? Um, It's the biggest area that you can look at and see how he's trying to reveal to us what unity looks like. Like this is is where we bring as the church uh, an an example and a glimpse of what unity actually looks like. And it's like if we could actually get that right, man, it would be like heaven on earth. We would all be working and uplifting each other and working together and taking care yeah. of the people that need to be taken care of. And and it's right. Like, and it mo- and then what motivates you to stand up for for things like injustice and things like that is not a particular um, ethnic group or it's not. It's it is the heart of the gospel. Yeah. It is because every single human being in this world yeah. has value to God so much so that He included them in the in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. This is where it's at. And so so you go back. And so we should be motivated to do this stuff. But this is the very things that uh, that Jesus has already started doing in his ministry. And let me just point out a couple of these uh, examples. Um, and they're all throughout it. So Jesus comes and he begins to preach the kingdom of God that it's a, a paradoxical thing, right? We, we, the kingdom of God is. It's very much so. Um, when you think about uh, our, our, our status in our world, we think in society, and this is going all the way back to even oh, the yeah. times of Jesus and before the times of Jesus, we think that people who have more, who are wealthier, are better than those who don't, mm-hmm. right? We automatically assume that, right? We, we just do. Um, and so we think that there's, we even begin to think that there's a blessing. Job's yeah. friends, mm-hmm. Job's friends in the book of Job felt the same way. If bad things are happening to you, if you're in a bad situation, it's because you've done bad things. You're a sinner, right? Job, curse God right now. His wife says, curse God and die. Job's friends just said, hey, look, Job, just go ahead and admit. Tell us your deep, dark sin. Because if you weren't in sin, then you wouldn't have lost your family. If you weren't in sin, then you wouldn't have lost your finances. If you weren't in sin, then you wouldn't be sick right now. So therefore, you know, go ahead and come out, come clean with it. Let's, let's go. So we automatically have these things ingrained in our lives that Jesus is having to overturn and flip upside down, right? And so there's an example like when the, the Pharisee and the tax collector, when they're in the temple praying, and um, and you hear the story, he said there was a tax collector who was in there, and he said to him, he said uh, before God, he said, God, you know, have mercy on me, a sinner. The tax collector who was despised by the Jews because he looked, they, he was a traitor, basically. He wasn't a Gentile in the temple worshiping God. Right. He was a Jew who had partnered with the Gentiles who had become a Roman servant who would, who would, um, who would manipulate his own people and extort his own people for his gain, had a moment of, of repentance. He got to his heart. And here he is in the temple and he's praying and he says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And it says, and the Pharisee looked over at the, at the tax collector and when he prayed, he said, God, I thank you that I'm not like this tax collector right over here. And Jesus basically breaks it down. Who had the right heart? Who would be considered righteous? 
in that moment. It was the one who recognized they had nothing, not the one who felt that his economic status or his, his social economic status has put him one above or his ethnic status has put one above, right? That situation. Yeah. So then you have another one where, where, where he talks about a parable about the workers who go into the field, remember? And he says, hey, this guy goes out into the field. I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars to work, whatever, six hours. And, and then he hires another guy and says, I'm going to pay you the same amount of money. I'm going to pay you this amount of money to go out. And he works three hours. And you have one guy comes in. He gets paid the same amount of money to go out and work one hour. And when they come back in, they're furious. They're all upset. The ones who work six hours are mad because the one who worked one hour got the same thing, the same pay. That's not fair. And the one who worked three hours... That's not fair. And what Jesus is saying is, is grace Grace doesn't look fair. Right. It doesn't look right. fair. And so that's what grace does. It levels the playing field. Um, the person who worked one hour gets paid the same thing as the person who, who worked six hours. Let me tell you something. When you have been a Christian your entire life, when you get to heaven, you're going to hear the same thing as the person who, who decided to follow Jesus on the last moment. You're going to hear the same thing. Well, good, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into my rest. Right. You're going you're gonna to be embraced by the love of God the same way as if you were embraced by the love of God you're, you, you, if you had lived for God your whole life. And that's the, a hard thing for people to... It is. That's a really hard thing for us to even grasp and get a hold of. Yeah. Because I, in our is. minds, it's like, well, that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's so many, so like some people are like, well, well, what about that story that Jesus told about this? Or what about that story? Listen, go back and listen to the message from this past weekend. I would encourage you go to the journeychurch.cc uh, yeah. website, listen to the message or find it on Facebook, listen to the message. And uh, that'll come on, help answer some of these questions as well. Um, another example of this is found in the rich man and Lazarus. And y'all know that story about uh, the rich man who, who was well off and who who uh, uh, who was rich and, and did his life and there was Lazarus who was the man who sat outside the the door you know poor had sores on him and didn't have anything for for in life really and when they died Jesus tells this parable when they died it said that the the poor man Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom or went to be where Abraham father Abraham was at right um, which is what all the Jewish people wanted all the Jewish people wanted to be connected with 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 their roots and shell right and so and so you have Lazarus who's with Abraham and you have the rich man who goes down to this hot place, right? This hot place where the fire is burning. And, and so you hear the story. So what we do with a story like that is we use a story like that to communicate hell. And that's not what Jesus was doing. Jesus, the emphasis, the importance of that story was not hell. It was about how Lazarus and the rich man interacted mm -hmm. and how we are to interact with one another. And, and, and you can see this throughout the whole thing, right? So the rich man goes to hell or Sheol or whatever, Hades. He's there and listen to what happens. Lazarus is there with Abraham and he looks at, at Abraham and he says, Abraham, tell Lazarus to go dip his finger in the water and come touch my tongue. Think about that. He's mm -hmm. not even talking to Lazarus. He's acting the same way in the afterlife as he was acting before he died. Have Lazarus serve me and go dip his finger in the water and touch my tongue. And Abraham said no. And he said, well, then, well, then you know, have Lazarus go in and tell my brothers about what's going to happen after they die. And he said, if they, you've had the prophets in the law. You should be okay. In other words, it's not going to matter if I Send Lazarus to him. You should have known. And, and so it, it, the whole way he's relating to Lazarus is the same way he related to Lazarus when he was alive. And so he's talking about if you think that being first in life is going to guarantee you being first after life, you're wrong. Right. You're wrong. If you're going to be first, you got to be last. If you're going to be the greatest, 
you got to be the least. Mm -hmm. right? There's a paradoxical thing happening here in the kingdom of God. And so this is what Jesus began to stir up um, in his ministry in that Paul just puts the nail in the coffin in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. There is no longer Jew nor Gentile. There is no longer slave or free or male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Yeah. In so, Christ Jesus. So hard for anyone to receive. You know, it was hard for the people then to receive it. It's hard for us to receive it now. But even then, the people that were walking in that time, it was hard for them to receive it. It was so radically different and just unbelievable to think that, oh, well, I have to be, to be um, first, I have to be last. Or I need to serve and not just try and rule over. And it's just there like, man, no this ego is in the, the kingdom same, of God, same stuff we battle today. It yeah. is. Yeah, there's no room for ego in the kingdom of God. There's yeah. no room for ego in his church. You know, yeah. there is no room. And I, I I, love, there's this acronym for ego, man. You know, and, and there's a difference. Some of you are like, well, you got to have ego to be successful. No, you got to have confidence to be successful. There's a difference between confidence and arrogance, right? Yeah, there's yeah. a massive difference in that. The line is fine, but there's a difference between the two. And uh, someone told me an acronym for ego years ago, and they said uh, ego means edging God out. Whenever mm -hmm. my ego takes the stage, you know, God has to walk off, you know, yeah. and and that, that whole premise of, you know, superiority or, or whatever the case is, you know. So this is the counter for that. Grace levels the playing field, man. Yeah. And if at any point you feel um, as though your status elevates you to a higher position than anybody else, then you are living your life under the law. And yeah. you, are not, you are not embracing the life that God has given you at all. At all. So yeah. that is today, Galatians chapter 3. Yes, that finishes 3. And we are there. Tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to four tomorrow, guys. So, yep. um, man, all sorts of comments going on. Um, thank you guys so much for hanging out, man, in the morning and, yes. and doing this. I'll, we'll go back and hit your comments up afterwards. And, um, yeah, so there's yeah. that. Yes. I don't know. I think, man, I would, go ahead. Go ahead. I would love to hear if you're reading through this with us and you're getting different insight or different scriptures are sticking out to you. I would love for you to share those with us, like to message us or just add it in the comments under the videos, what, you know, based on the chapter we're in. Yeah. And let us know what's sticking out to you because I want to, I'd really like to know that as well. Um, and just see what God's showing you. Yeah. So just share it in the comments if you're going through it and spending time daily reading it. Yeah. What were you going to say? Nothing. I, I forget. Um, hey, oh. just, just, um, share, share the video too, guys. You know, people need to hear this mess too, right? Yeah. So this is, this is set some people free. So share the video Yeah. and, uh, and we'll catch you guys tomorrow at 8 a.m. Yes. Sound good? Yes. You pray? Yeah. All right. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for continuing this week to reveal to us about your grace and your love and acceptance and just how we are to live our lives, Lord God, um, just on this even playing field and, and unifying the body and what that looks like, Lord God. And I just pray that as we continue to study this out, you continue to reveal new things to us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, guys. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Guys.